everybody, this is Paula Bryan Ellis, and welcome to another episode of Behind Her Faith Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us today. We know you have so many options, um, and we're just excited uh, that you're here with us. So I want to open up with prayer. Whew, it's been a morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we are just here because of you. This is for you. We don't want to do anything that is not sanctioned by your hand. We want to just bring forth amazing testimony today of how you always are moving and shaping the lives of your children. So thank you, God, for this opportunity to be here with you this morning. Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. So um, I wanted to share something um, that part of it happened to me this week and then the other part of it was, I love just how the Holy Spirit confirms and <laughs> always lets you know when you're, you're not doing something you're supposed to be doing. So um, I've been sharing with you guys that I'm studying the book of Acts and I've been studying kind of two things. You hear me talk about the book of Acts and then you also hear me talk about the book that I've been studying following along with Dr. Sharon Nesbitt. But I've been doing on my own study with a Bible study uh, partner, the book of Acts. And so I've been sitting with chapter eight for some time. It's a pretty um, robust and full chapter. So I had to break down chapter eight into three parts. And in the third part, the first part is where you see Saul, um, who is now scattering the, the apostles and the disciples, the followers of Christ. He's now starting to hunt them. And so that's the first part. The second part is a story of Simon Peter, the sorcerer, um, or Simon and Simon Peter, the sorcerer. So both of them appear in that section. And then part three is Philip. And this is not Philip, the disciple apostle. This is Philip, a disciple under the apostles, right? Because there is an apostle Philip's. And then a lot of people get this confused. And then there's a deacon, Phillips, right? He was part of the Greek Jews, not the Hebrew Jews. So we get, it's just, I love the word because it's like all oh, in there. It's amazing. So anyway, the, the Lord comes to him, an angel comes to him and tells him to go to the desert, right? And this is where he's going to meet this eunuch in the desert and he's to minister to them. And so as I was doing some research, I came across something and I just want to read it to you because it just really spoke to me. It says, one of our greatest uh, jobs in preaching the gospel is to simply pray for open doors. Then, having prayed for open doors, we must keep alert to the opportunities of God. And that just really spoke to me because, one, we're all responsible for preaching the gospel. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're supposed to be in a pulpit preaching because um, we know there are a lot of them in the pulpit that should be in a pulpit, but I'm not going to go there on that, on that one. But we all have a responsibility to preach the word, right? To share the good news is what that is saying. But what was so amazing, it says that we are to pray for open doors um, and then be alert, be alert to the opportunities God presents with an open door. And so, you know, we see Philip who got, he, he's coming from Samaria where they have had amazing success. He's the first one to go in Samaria after Jesus uh, plants the seed with the lady by the well. Jesus plants that seed because he knows what's going to go down. Samaria is under witchcraft. They talk about how um, Simon had been mesmerizing the people. It says from the least to the greatest, the richest to the poorest, the youngest to the oldest, the city has been mesmerized by this witchcraft that he is doing in the city. And so now Philip was the first to go there and he had great success. There were signs and wonders. There were miracles being performed. And then Peter um, and John get the word and then they come in and bring the Holy Spirit. And then an angel in the midst of all of the success he's having, right? An angel comes and says, you know what, now I need you to go to the desert. And that just ministered to me so, because I was like, that's so God. In the midst, in the heights of you doing something great, right? God will say, yeah, 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 but I need you to leave that. I know you're having great success over there, but that's not where I want you to stay. I want you to leave. Not only do I want you to leave, Philip, I need you to go to the desert, right? And that thing right there spoke to me because I think about how, in my life, 
God called me out of corporate America. And I was telling a friend about this. He literally moved me to the desert. Y'all, Los Angeles, California is the desert. I don't know if y'all know this or not. Just because there's all these fancy buildings and we see these Hollywood signs, LA is the desert. And he called me to do something completely different when I got to the desert. And we have to be alert, right, to, to the way he brings us opportunities because he brings us opportunities in a way it doesn't look the way we think it would, which is why Isaiah says, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. God is inviting you up to a higher level of thinking so that you can be alert to those open doors. So a couple of weeks ago, I was praying for something praying for God to open up a door. And he did that this week. And then I was like, <laughs> and I heard the Holy Spirit convict me so quick. He said, you prayed for that. And now you're willing to tell me you don't like the way I opened that door. And I was like, oh, wow. That's just, oh my God. How many times do we do that? The way he gets us in isn't always going to be the way we think it is going to be, but it is our job to be alert and responsive. And that's the thing that Philip did, right? The angel said, go to the desert. Philip immediately went to the desert and there was a eunuch already there. God had provided an open door. He was the right hand man of the queen of Ethiopia. And he was already reading the book of Isaiah, right? And that, the investment that he had to make in the scroll back then, right? Because you couldn't just go buy a Bible. They had scrolls. And so he had to be wealthy enough to buy a scroll. And there he was traveling back to Ethiopia. And, and, and Philip found him in the desert reading. And there was the opportunity. But what if Philip you know, would have was like, mm, I don't, mm -mm, I'm having all this great success. And now you want to send me back to the desert to start all over again in this dry place. Right. And that's what we do with God. So I just really wanted to share that with you today because it so spoke to me. And there in the desert, right, the eunuch asked Philip to baptize him. He wanted to be baptized. God opened the door, presented the opportunity to save someone's life. And because uh, Philip was obedient, right? It happened immediately. And um, so it was just a beautiful thing, just a beautiful thing. And I wanted to share that with you today. And I hope that ministered to you. And I'm going to read this last part. It says, Philip, was effective as an evangelist because he knew how to flow with the Holy Spirit. Mm. He knew how to flow with the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit wanted to do. He was truly led by the Spirit, not by his own whims or his feelings. So if the angel had come to him and he had all of these questions and he was hesitating, he wouldn't have been in alignment. And I think that's the most beautiful thing about this lesson is it says that he understood how to flow with what the Holy Spirit wanted, not with what he wanted. So anyway, I wanted to share that with you today. I hope that ministers to you. Um, super excited about our guests. Before I introduce our guests, who she just soars through the air, y'all. This is so exciting. <laughs> I remember I took tap lands, uh, tap dance lessons and um i was like one of those real awkward kids clumsy so i knew that was not my calling very quickly <laughs> but i always admired people who could store through the air so just to give you a little hint about who we're gonna have today but i want to share our prayer boxes with you um if you haven't had a chance to order them there it is um the prayer box uh they're online at getthepreyerbox.com. they're 24.99 they make a great gift and inside the prayer box, um, we, uh, you know, what I teach about in my workshops is the power of spiritual discipline. And you could say that Philip had discipline, right? He was obedient. He did exactly what the Holy Spirit did. And he could have only done that if he had been spending time in his word with the Holy Spirit. And that's what we really teach you with the uh, boxes and the exercises. So in the prayer box, you get, um, I see a glare. Let me see if I can get it out of the glare. Uh, I'll try that. There you go. You get, um, you get your workbook. This is the prayer, bo 
Prayer Box Workbook. It has a 30-day exercise in it. And remember, this is not about teaching you how to pray. This is about teaching you how to show up, teaching you how to be disciplined. Everything that you do in life requires discipline. And even your relationship with God requires discipline. It requires that you show up so that you can hear what he is saying to you. You can hear the plans that he has for you. Um, and it's not you show up one day and not show up the next. This is a life of being consistent. And this changes your walk, you guys. I did this workbook because I proof my life is evidence of the fact that being disciplined and showing up changes your life. So in it, you get the workbook that has a 30-day exercise in it. You also get an extra journal um, that we have for you because I talk about the power of journaling and how that helped me writing, writing to the Holy Spirit. A lot of times when I find myself struggling with prayer, sometimes I just write and then I read those story, read that, that journal back to the Holy Spirit out loud, right? To keep me still in alignment and communication. And it's okay sometimes that we find ourselves in situations where it's hard to pray. That's just part of the warfare and some of the things that we're enduring. Um, we have a welcome card for you in the box as well. And then we share a little bit about our series, Behind Her Faith. If you haven't seen it, please, please, please go out and watch it. Behind Her Faith features um, Angelica Nuando, uh, Essence Atkins, Nisi Nash, and Aisha Hines. Four amazing women, four powerful stories. They talk about their life and the power of their faith and how they endured. So go out and watch it. You can find it on Amazon, Apple TV, Roku, and then UMC.TV. And then also in the box, you get uh, a starter kit. You have a red pen and a black pen. And we talk about in the book why you use two different pens when you're writing and journaling. Um, and then you get a starter Kleenex packet. I always joke and say, you're just gonna, you're gonna need it. <laughs> and then we also have communion for you. My life really changed. It was taking my relationship to a different level with Christ when I began to incorporate my own communion, a consistent um, disciplined process of taking communion as part of my journey with the Holy Spirit. It really convicts you. Before you take that communion, you have to be thinking about your life and where you are. And you just don't take communion and not understand the power of which you are able to move in it. So we talk about that in the book as well. So anyway, go out. You can order the box. They're $24.99 on um, getthepraybox.com. You can also go out to maryesterroof.com and there's a link from you there, all right? So speaking of discipline and the power of discipline, our box is about the power of spiritual discipline. But our next guest, well, her discipline is just at a whole nother level, y'all, because I'm telling you, she soars through the air. <laughs> We're so excited to have her with us. Her name is Kalia Campbell, and she is a dancer out of New York with the Alvin Ailey Dance Theater. And I was online and came across this picture of her just soaring, and I was just like, breath, I mean, just, oh, I was like, oh my God, she's so beautiful, look at this. And it was just like, she was suspended there forever. It was the most beautiful thing. And then I went to her page, her Instagram page, and I saw that she was a lover of Christ. And I was like, I want to talk to her. <laughs> so welcome, 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 Kalia Campbell. Thank you so much for having me, uh, Paula. And I just want to thank you for creating a platform where women can share their testimony and their journey with God. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I am so excited that you are with us. Literally, I'm not kidding. When I saw you just soaring through the air. And it was just so graceful. It's just so beautiful. And to see that you had a heart for God. And I'm always so excited to see women that are not afraid to say, you know, you're having this great success. And we see you at the top of your game and accelerating. And then you're, you're willing to just put it out front. I love God. I love Christ, right? And I just think that's such a beautiful thing for uh, you to share with so many women who feel afraid to say it um, almost. And that was one of the reasons why we created the show is that 
you know, we can pretty much say anything we want on these social media platforms. But when we say we love Christ, it's, it's, it's different. People tell you, oh, you shouldn't say it that much or tone it down. Or I don't know if I would put that on my page. Mm-hmm. And I just find that amazing that we're in that time. So thank you for just uh, being willing to be so um, forthcoming with who you are and not ashamed of hiding that. Yeah, I think, I think it's really important to really put on the forefront of my success. It wasn't uh, done by me. It was God. Um, and he has given me this gift. Now my purpose is, is not for me. It is, is to uh, be able to draw people nearer to him, draw people closer to him. And really at the stage of my life, I have, um, you know, matched my craft with being an evangelist, like evangelizing all nations with my gift because my gift was made to worship him. Mm. So um, I think that's uh, important that everybody knows where this gift comes from and who is created from and who is to be given back to. It's not for me, it's for God's glory at the end of the day, not mine. Wow, that's beautiful, that's beautiful. And literally as you were saying that, I, um, I can just see the grace that is on you and that movement, right? And that's just such a beautiful thing. I could just see it honoring God. Yeah, wow. he, yeah he really moved uh, through me um, at a very pivotal point in my life. God ordained the steps in my life when it came to dance because um, in high school, I went through a very difficult time, uh, especially in my junior year. I wanted to stop dancing. Mm. I really wanted to stop um, due to insecurities, due to me being misunderstood, Mm -hmm. um, inadequacy, everything. When you're dealing with, uh, when you're going through teenage years, you're you're trying to figure it out. You're exploring, right? So uh, God really sent someone to guide me, a mentor in my senior year, because I wanted to stop, Monetary, I wanted to stop. And God was like, no. So he sent somebody to guide me through my career and it allowed me to uh, really venture out and to really grow within my craft and be at the place I am right now, which is um, the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. At a point where I was so low and wanted to quit, God was like, I don't think so. You have a job to do. So he has really... uh, been walking with me through my dance journey for sure because he has put me in certain people's views like legends Mm. that I didn't even it could it wasn't me (laughs) it Mm. was not me Mm. he has a definitely predestined ordained and put me at the right place in the right time for people to see me and for me to be uh mentored by these great people in the dance industry and uh, uh, it takes a village, right? Yeah. And I really thank God for putting the right people into my life to be able to really uh, help me uh, grow in my career. And we need, we, we need mentors in life. We need somebody to help us through. We can't make it alone. Right. A lot of people think there's this self-made uh, thing that people always like to say, I'm self-made, but nobody makes it in life um, by yourself. And I really think in a dance industry or anything artistic, anything you do you need to have a mentor to be able to guide you and god really sent the right people in my life to really do that for me so how old were you so um how old were you when you were um introduced to christ like tell me a little bit about how that came about well i grew up in the church a little background i grew up in a single parent household due to my father passing and my grandmother really took up the responsibility of of my father, which was her son, to really raise, raise me with my mom. And my grandmother was heavy in the church, and she still is. So I grew up in the faith. I grew up in church, in the AME church. I, uh, I was really involved in dance, the dance ministry and choir, really involved in that. And it was when I, when I was in high school, uh, when I got a little older, I strayed away. And I, when I say straight away, I wasn't active anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody was forcing me to go to church. You know, when you're younger, it's like, you going to church. It was a tradition. Yeah. <laughs> go every Sunday, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, I was at a time where, I, you know, I wanted to explore and I wasn't going to church every Sunday. I would still go to church and God was still very present in my life and I'm still a lover of God, but I wasn't active. Mm-hmm. So 
in high school, like I said, like I just mentioned, I hit a, a, a rough point in my life and God really showed up. And it was out of high school where I was like, it's no, nothing but God. So I really just started to seek him for myself. Uh, not because of my grandmother, not because of my mother and their faith, but seeking him for myself. So I started to venture out and look for different church homes. And, you know, they were all cool, but nothing was really sticking. Yeah. I uh, come, stumbled upon, not stumbled upon, but I uh, explored out of the church and I really liked it. And the singing, the worship, uh, the preaching, everything was amazing and I was like okay I think I found my my home but uh it was a time I was in a in a relationship and due to me you know being uh having self-doubt and insecurities I, I I identified myself with dance and uh I put my identity I should say in dance and the relationships and other people um wanted to validate me so relationships with men uh was my like my net <laughs> you should say it was my net yeah. and i think it stemmed from you know not having a father wow. you know right. so i was in a relationship at the time and there was a message like uh from god i knew it was from god because it was like clean your vessel mm. you have to clean your vessel mm. i didn't listen <laughs> um, i did not listen i was disobedient and god forced me out of that relationship mm. he forced me out of that relationship and then I was like okay I surrender what do you need me to do so I really started to seek him even more at that time I knew that I needed to get baptized I was christened as a baby but it wasn't my decision and in order to have faith you yourself have to believe and you have to make that decision for yourself to be wholeheartedly committed to God and that's what I wanted to do. I know that I wasn't living right. I wasn't living according to his word. I wasn't being obedient. I knew that. So I knew that I needed to, to be baptized. So I was at this church and my baptism date was coming close and there was just something missing. I started to get anxious and I was like, there's something that needs to be done before I get baptized. Like, this doesn't seem right. I was getting, you know, emails like about what to wear. And I was just like, something is not right mm -hmm. so my best friend she it plays a big part in my journey as well she was greeted by this group of women who invited her to a midweek service and shortly after was invited to do bible studies mm -hmm. and that being my best friend i was curious and a little apprehensive at first because you know there's a lot of false doctrine and all of that other stuff going on so i was just like i don't know what that's about so it came a day when she was going to uh, a Bible discussion and I was still like, I don't know. And I was like, but Kalia, you love God, right? So go and see what it's about. I went to this Bible discussion and it was a great time. And I was greeted by these women again. And immediately they was like, do you want to study the Bible? Do you want to, you know, really do this? And I was like, of course, yes. And Paula, when I did these Bible studies, my mind was blown away. I've learned more in one Bible study than I did in my entire life yeah. going to church. Um, I really knew what it meant to be a true disciple of Jesus. Um, in order to have a relationship with God, your faith has to be matched with obedience. Uh -huh. And in order to know if you're being obedient, you have to be in the word daily, every day. And that I was, I know for, for certain I wasn't doing that. Mm -hmm. I was not doing that. And I was just like, this is what I'm missing. There was accountability there. There was people teaching me the word. There was people teaching me the understanding of what it meant to really be a true disciple of God. And I didn't have that. I didn't, I didn't have anybody holding me accountable and really teaching me, you know, at a young age, you know, you, you, you hear, hear about the Bible, you read it, but you don't, it's, it, it could be very overwhelming, you know, nobody really teaches you to understand and personalize it and um, teaches you to obey. And that's what these women were doing. They were teaching me to obey faith and obedience. And I say that because obedience is God's number one love language. Yes, it is. Um, 
And I call the Bible to uh, God's love language. And in order to, to know how to love him, we must read the word. In a relationship, not only are we receiving, but we are giving too. He requires something from us as well. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize that. Um, they, they, they think of God as their savior, but not as their Lord. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. So I would, he, he is my Lord and my savior, you know? So I did this. And you know what, to that point also, yeah. people don't realize that because we don't, we don't know him as Lord, we only know him as Savior, we don't really understand and value relationship. Wow, yeah. Right? That is, yes. And that's where we miss it so much. We don't know and value relationship with God, with our, uh, our Savior, because he's out here. He saved us, but he's over here. And they don't feel compelled to have a relationship because that part's already been done, right? That's where you hear so many people say, well, we already got grace. Well, not like you think we got grace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's, you know, and that's the whole thing for us with teaching about the power of discipline because without the discipline, all the things that you're talking about, you can't begin to explore the relationship side with God until you are consistently showing up. And it doesn't matter when you're dating somebody, you don't call them, you don't call them on Monday and don't call them again to the following Sunday. That's not a relationship, right? When you're in a relationship with somebody, you're talking to them all the time. You want to talk to them in the morning, in the afternoon, you want to talk to them at night, you want to see them, you want to spend time with them, right? You want to be in their presence every day two, three, four times a day. But for some reason, we don't equate that with having a relationship with God. And we have to change the way we think as believers because we all have these hot and cold relationships with God. That's why, you know, in Revelations, he says, if you're lukewarm, I don't know what to do with you when you're lukewarm. Mm-hmm. Cause you're not on fire for me. Like you, like you are when you first start dating that man. <laughs> You start dating that girl, right? I want that. If you can't give me that, I'd, I'd rather even have you cold because I know how to light you up. But when you're straddling the fence in the middle, I don't know what to do with you. And so it's so interesting as I was listening to you, everything that you're talking about, which also then as you are realizing and having this awareness of the obedience, because obedience takes discipline. Yes obedience is discipline and it takes a long time to learn that when God says do something, he's not asking you to have a conversation with him about it. Nope. And that also then now is part of who you are as a dancer. Wow. Yeah. Speak to that transition of how you use Finish, or go back and finish your, um, now these women are teaching you obedience and they're exposing you to the word. What was that like for you getting that for the first time? Um, it was shocking. Um, like I said, I've never been held accountable before. I've never been pushed to really follow uh, God in this way and really uh, having this relationship. And like you said, it was, it's so great that you use the analogy with uh, relationships and if God is the, the ultimate example of what it is to love, uh, the agape love, action with your love, you know, it's, it's a verb and God gave us his only son. And so when we think about love, loving him is being that, like I said, is being obedient to his word. And that's how we show him love initially that's how we show him love love has to be matched by action love is just not a feeling and like a lot of believers they think you know god knows my heart i sincerely love god and you know but it's like do you really love me because if you did you will be obedient love is a verb you know it is matched with action so like i said it was i was blown away um and then in july 21st of last year. Um, I just uh, celebrated like my anniversary, my spiritual birthday uh, two days ago, but I got baptized. Yeah, I got baptized and I committed my life to God wholeheartedly and and knowing that my life was no longer my own. 
and transferring to dance, my gift is not my own either now. Before I was really, uh, I always, like I said, I always was a lover of God with dance and I really wanted to use my platform and really to use my voice with dance and really draw people close to God. And I remember praying this exact prayer of uh, remove me and replace me with your spirit, God, when I'm on stage. And when I dance, I want people to see your light. Mm -hmm. I, as I dance, I want people to be drawn into you, right? And that's so broad. That's a broad statement. It's like you want people to be drawn to God, but how? How, how does that look, you know? And I realized that, you know, my purpose is not for me anymore. It's, it's to really uh, put that into play and to really uh, use my gift, to, like I said, to evangelize and really draw people in into now teaching them like the Great Commission. You know, Matthew 28, like 18 to 20, like uh, baptizing all nations, right? Uh, and teaching them, right? That is my purpose, mm -hmm. is to really uh, make disciples and really teach them in the way they should go. And that is my gift, through my gift, that I am able to do that. So that transferring that into my craft, that's what my purpose is, is no longer for me anymore. It's for God, you know? That's good. I wrote this the other yesterday. Um, I was <clears throat> finishing all my notes on Acts part two, chapter eight part, because <laughs> I broke chapter eight down into three. It's just so much in there. So my part two, the Simon Peter, uh, Simon Peter, I call that the face off of the two Simons. <laughs> the face off of the two Simons. Isn't that good? That is good. Evil, right? Si um, Simon Peter, and Simon was a face-off of the Holy Spirit and Satan. Witchcraft, Holy Spirit. That was a complete standoff, right? It's like so good. And it's so funny because when I'm in my room by myself studying the word, I'm like two years old. I'm like, oh my God! <laughs> I get so excited when I'm in it. Like, it's so funny. But um, I was writing at the end of that section as I was putting all my final thoughts and stuff together. And I... I wrote this down. I said that um, we don't need a Bible anymore. I've, I've always wondered that in the back of my head since I was a kid, why there wasn't a, any more Bible. Like, what happened to the Bible stories? Like, we get to Revelations, but we're all still here. So shouldn't there be more, right? I get it, but I felt like there should be something else. And we are living scriptures. Yes. We are living scriptures, right? There doesn't need to be another book because we're the living scripture now, right? And I wrote this down. I said, what does your chapter say about you? Mm. Is there a book authored by you? That's good. Isn't that something? What does your chapter say about you? We're a living scripture now. And that's interesting because I now, I, uh, my identity for a, a long time, like I say, said, was in, in relationships and, and people and uh, my, even my craft. I identified myself with dance, but now my identity is in Christ now. And when I walk outside, when I am greeted, greeted and greeting people, when I'm in these spaces, am I a reflection of his glory? Am I a reflection of him? I like to say that I'm now an ambassador of Christ, right? Mm -hmm. I am now an ambassador of him. So to see that and when, when you're an ambassador of Christ, like the, the Bible is alive and active, but you should also, like you said, the people should see you and they can be the, that you can be the only Bible that they see. That's right. That's right. You know, that's why we must be careful about how we, you know, re respond and react to things and showing people grace and mercy really shows people that you are an ambassador of Christ, that you reflect his glory, that you are these, this living scripture, you know? So I think that's really, really good. And that's how I identify myself as right now, as an ambassador of Christ. That, 
is where my identity is lied in now. And when you think of yourself as a living scripture, it's kind of like, <clears throat> it's kind of like taking the communion, right? When I started taking communion every day, I take communion now and I have for a couple of years now. And every day before I take that communion, I'm going, wow, what, what, what did I do yesterday? What did it look like yesterday? What did, what did I do? Oh, I had a little bit of attitude. Mm. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm learning through this journey of, it's like, it's what you said earlier. You said, I had no accountability. Communion is my accountability. <laughs> For sure. When you are taking communion, you have to be in a space of like first remembering that we all put Jesus on the cross. We all did it. We, we all, did, all it. did it. So it is truly a moment of confession. <laughs> we must really sit and meditate on our sins and what we've done to really nail him the cross. And are we uh, getting better with that? Like, what are we doing? Confessing, you know, it should be a meditation. It should be a, a remembrance of how he died for our sins. And in that time, you, uh, I learned too, like, even if I have an ounce of bitterness in my heart, yeah. I'm not taking communion. I got to go to that sister or go to that brother and really uh, hash it out before I go before Christ and, and, and drink and eat. So I, I, I love that. Like it is truly uh, accountability. Like, did I, did I lose my patience yesterday? Let me take a moment. It's accountability in a way that when I was reading and I was studying, um, this uh, pastor I follow, Sharon Nesbitt, I was listening to her one day and she made the comment she said, well, you know, you could take communion every day. And, I, and like, and I knew that was the Holy Spirit speaking to me because I lit up like a two-year-old. I was like, huh, what? What did she say? What did she say? And she said, I'm going to come back and talk about that. Well, she never did, right? And I knew that was God drawing me in to go study that for myself. So I started studying. And I had this moment as I was studying, I, I said, um, I'm looking because, you know, I've heard people say you can only take it once a month. Some people, I have a friend that says she was taught you can only take it once in your lifetime. Wow. She's not allowed to eat grapes. She will not eat grape jelly. I'm like, and I, I, I said, where is that in the scripture? Somebody show me. But that like, this is what happens, right? Study the word for yourself. But the fact that taking communion when he says as often, he never put a limitation on it. He said, as often as you do it, right? And that was the thing. I was like, as often? I could do it as often as I want. I could take it two times a day if I want to, as often as I do it. And I remember as I was sitting there studying, uh, I was like, well, why now? Why did you leave? Here you are, you're getting ready to go to the cross. And you've given the disciples, you physically have given them nothing else except this one thing. You give them this communion. Well, why are you doing it on the eve before you're getting ready to go through this process, right? I was just like, Holy Spirit, help me understand. And he said, I don't need it. I was like, what do you mean? I don't need the body. I don't need it where I'm going. I'm going to leave it to you. So as often as you do this, I want you to understand that you can walk in my power. You're walking in my spirit. You're walking in my anointing. You're walking in my covering. And I was just like, just, I was like, oh my God, the connection between us every time we humble ourselves, right? And we are moving because that's the whole thing. Every, our, our process is to be more and more like him. Yes. Every time we are surrendering, every time you are willing to discipline yourself mm -hmm. and surrender yourself um, and take accountability of yourself to get in alignment with that communion, you're saying, I want to look more and more and more like you. I'm surrendering this, this, this Paula, right? The Godhead Paula, because Paula's the Godhead, little G on this earth, right? 
And so I'm surrendering this by I'm surrendering this this body that you've given me, and I'm 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 allowing my flesh, I'm allowing my spirit to be in alignment more and more and more like you. I can take this suit off called Paula, and and the and give the spirit right the connection and surrender the wheel so that I in this journey am more and more and more like you and it's this it's my communion it is my obedience it is my humility that is allowing me to continually start to just keep lining up keep lining up keep lining up because it's a daily process yeah it's a daily process and it's work yeah it is work when I worship Right, I tell everyone this, praise and worship, everybody has praise and worship so wrong. Worship is not the 15 minutes we go stand down at the altar and raise our hands. Mm-hmm. What I picture now when I worship, right, is my life is worship, my work yes. is worship, right? And now when I do my worship and my hands are raised, I always picture that my hands are movie screens. They're big screens. And they're playing back my life. To Christ and he's watching so how am I worship if, if 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 you do rewind you love you know that scene in Hamilton have you seen Hamilton I did that yes. is the dopest scene that is, that's one of my favorite scenes oh my god when she does that rewind right and plays back in her head that moment that she missed right that's what that's about when we do that and we hold it up and we rewind, right, and we play back that week we just had with God, is that really reflective of worship? I like what I think about. That's what communion means to me. That's what my worship means to me is now it's a rewind. And did this last week reflect what I wanted it to? Yes, I, I totally agree with that. And that's why the uh, when we when I've got baptized, I was baptized with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit uh, discerns and you uh, convicts you. Right. So now, like you said, it's like a movie screen. Your life, your spirit, your life and your doctrine is who you are. It is your worship to God. That is your spiritual routine. Somebody had asked me, like, what is your spiritual routine? And at the time, I had, like, limit, limited it to a, a specific task. Like, you have your quiet times um, in the morning time, and you pray. But I was like, no. It is your life and your doctrine. Your life. That is your worship to God. That is showing God that you're, A, really committed and invested in him and that's loving him and being obedient that's all goes into it but that is how we worship worship doesn't just mean singing or dancing acting or whatever the case may be that is is different types of worship but our life is also a worship to god too and that's what hezekiah was saying right when um the angel came and said get get your house in order you're gonna die hezekiah was like nah hold on wait a minute my life has been worshiped to you, God. My life, and I, I sat with that scripture forever and I didn't get it until I had a different revelation about what my worship should look like. But that's when Hezekiah, remember he goes to the corner, he puts his head in the corner and he's like, no, God wasn't, I did everything. I did everything exactly the way you asked me to do. My life has been worship unto you. And God said, you know what? You're absolutely right. I'm gonna give you 15 more years. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but that is what it looks like. And, and we have to, we have, this is why it's so important for so many of us, right, to understand that we are all called to talk about the journey, the, the, um, the good news to share, um, and help other people get it right. And because so many people are trying to walk in this process and they are walking all wrong. But also, it starts with they're not willing to sit. They're not willing to sit with God, hear from God, study the word of God, because there is so much revelation every time you sit with him and you're willing, you know, to open up yourself to him. Before I, before I even start studying, when I sit down to study, the first thing I do is I take the Bible and I pray over it. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, 
I'm like, open yourself up to me. Let me get the revelation that you want out of, you know, that you want to give me out of this book, you know, guide me, help me understand. You're my advocate. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what my, my advocate advises me, right? My advocate advises me and is an expert on the matters, not the matters of the earth. He's an expert of the matters of the kingdom. That's what I want to be advised on. I'm not interested in being advised on the matters of the earth. He's nope. an expert in the matters of the kingdom, and that's what he's advising me on. And so when you're praying for that revelation, when you're studying, that's how he's leading you and guiding you. Yeah, I think today uh, the reason why people don't really uh, want to have that relationship with God, because, I mean, A, the, they don't have faith, but it's work. It is work, and in order to be committed to God, you have to die to your flesh daily. And I, <laughs> every second of the day, you have to die to your flesh, and then it's like, God, oh my God, I missed it again. <laughs> it is hard. It is hard, but that's what God has called us to do. And He's He said, if you don't give up everything, you cannot be my disciple. You cannot be a follower of me. You cannot. And and being committed to God. Um, you have to die to your flesh daily. And I think in the world, um, people don't like to do that. They, they want to please their flesh. Mm -hmm. um, they, you know, they have worldly views. Instead of looking at in it and as in a spiritual aspect, they want to, you know, it's easier. It's self-gratification. They can numb the pain. You know, it's just, there's, it's, it, and all is selfishness. But um, I think that's why a lot of people don't really want to commit um, because it's, 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 it's work. Mm -hmm. It's working. You have to constantly die to your flesh daily. So. And we think it's going to be easy for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, so how does one get into Alvin? So I have to tell you this. So I went to New York film Academy in 20, um, what is this? 2020. I think I was there in 2017. 2017. And um, I, because I decided, you know, I'd taken this, uh, left corporate America and God is, was working with me and trying to tell me where he wanted me to go. And so my, um, brother-in-law lives, uh, in Harlem at 127th and Morningside. And, but he's based out of London. So his apartment just sits there empty all the time. So I called him and I was like, I'm, I want to come to New York and go to the New York Film Academy. And he was like, come on down. And he's like, I'm never here. I, the whole time I was there, I think he was in town like one time. So I told my husband, I'm going, I'm going to be a New Yorker. <laughs> like it has always been my dream to like live in New York. And literally God gave me 30 days in New York by myself. You thought like, so I tell everybody, well, you know, I used to live in New York. <laughs> I love that city. I walk those streets. Oh my God, I would walk those streets, walk those streets, just had the best time. And it was great. I met so many amazing people, people from that I still have relationships with now from Russia, Africa, even when I went to Africa, like I met um, a young lady there in South Africa, Amy, she was there in the same program that I was in. And then um, 11 months later, for the first time, I found myself in Africa. And we are sitting there in South Africa having lunch. And I was like, isn't it amazing how God works? But I also, one of my instructors was Elena Powell from the New York, uh, from Alvin Ailey, Elena Powell. Um, and she was our attorney. And so I had, uh, I really enjoyed her class. And then later, when I was doing Behind Her Faith, reached out to her because Essence Atkins um, was there at the Alvin Ailey uh, uh, dance company when she was, I want to say she was like 12 or 13. And it was, um, she was there and she just had this desire to be a dancer. And you could just see, you guys both have that, just that grace all over you. Um, and uh, it's so beautiful. But anyway, it was so great to now have a chance to, you know, full circle. Now I'm reaching out to, I'm Elena and she was helping me do some research and I just love the way God moves and he's amazing. But so anyway, tell me, um, how did you end up at Alvin? Like, 
what was that thing that you just said, I'm going to go and do this. I don't care. I'm going to have this unbelievable faith in myself, right? Because that was one of the things Essence talked about when she auditioned for the Cosby. She said she was at school. She saw this posting that it said they were looking for someone her age. She didn't have an agent. She never acted, never read a script, didn't know anything. But mm -hmm. she went, found a phone, picked up, called the number, and ended up on the Cosby show. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That so is tell amazing. me, like, what is that like to say you're watching Alvin Ailey out here? It's, you know, it's through, for, pe for us as people of color, um, it is so important to us to see our dancers represented in an environment that we understand, that we know that they're nurtured in a different way, and then have that be your aspiration, and then now you're there. Yeah. So when I was nine, I attended a dance school called Uptown Dance Academy, and I trained in various techniques there. And as I began to really, you know, grow a passion for it, there were different teachers coming to teach us and, you know, train us in these different techniques. And I used to always get, you look like an Alvin Ailey dancer. You look like an Ailey dancer, you know? Um, and I would see often, I think I saw a picture of Miss Judith Jamison. And immediately I was like, she looks like me. Mm. And at the time, you know, ballet wasn't really a thing for me because I couldn't, I, there was no representation. It's two o'clock. There was no representation. I didn't really feel it, you know? So when I saw that, I was just like, wow, I was intrigued because she looked like me. So I went to high school and I always got, you look like an early dancer, you look like an early dancer. So from there, I was just like, I'm going to make it my job to really pursue this dream. I really wanted to be on Broadway at first. Um, the Lion King was like, it's, it's still an all time a dream of mine, but um, I was just, I'm gonna make this happen. But due to uh, just a lack of knowledge, as far as like my technical abilities, I was always very talented and like had this natural facility. But I think that's when at high school, what really drew me back was um, I was put into a class and everybody knew these, these terms and was uh, really knowledgeable of the ballet technique. And I was just like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So like I said, my mentor really guided me through that. And I got my first job um, in Taiwan in, I, uh, in the musical Aida. Wow. And, yeah, and I was 18 years old when, I, when that happened. Uh, a woman called Sarita Allen. She's a legend. She saw me at my mentor's uh, showing, theater showing, and she immediately was like, I want you to come audition for, for this musical. And then I got it. Um, God worked that, that out real quickly. <laughs> I that I real quickly, remembering what I said earlier, like I wanted to stop dancing. I didn't even have a college that I was going to. I had no idea what I was going to do after high school. I had no idea. So God worked that out. Um, after that, it was a month I spent on tour. I knew that I needed to really refine my technique. I needed to refine my technique. So I went to DCH for two years and really to, you know, like I said, really hone in and really get the technical aspects of my dancing before I went to Ailey. I wanted to be polished. Mm. And even there in DCH, one of my teachers was like, I think it's time for you to go to Ailey. So I auditioned for the summer intensive. No, first I auditioned for the company. And they had told me that I needed to go to the school. So I went to the summer intensive. And from the summer intensive, Troy Powell, who was the artistic director, he saw me and he invited me to take company class with the second company, the junior company of the Avenue American Dance Theater. Mm -hmm. I did that. I spent a year in the school and then I got an apprenticeship with Ailey too. I spent another year in the school and I finally got the job. And from there, I auditioned for the company, the main company in 2018. And I got the job and I was completely floored. Like I was blown away. I was just like, this is happening. From a kid, like full circle from a kid, people saying you got like an early dancer. And for me, really wanted to pursue it 
from high school uh, being misunderstood, being the underdog, uh, wanting to stop dancing, didn't really have a college that I was going to, to now being in the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater was amazing. This little girl from the Bronx at that, you know? Um, I immediately thought of how many Black girls I was impacting in that moment. And so it was amazing for me. And that was the journey of me being in the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. And that is a true testament of how God works. He predestined that. He uh, put that all together. So I will perhaps like reach out to him, like the good and bad, like he did that all. So. And it's amazing how you were saying all those little seeds were being planted in you, right? Where people were saying, you know, you look, you look not, not that you dance, but you look like they had already put you there. Yeah. Right? Look like that's where you belong. Oh, you dance well. They didn't say you dance well, you should try out. No, they said you look like it. You're already it. You should be there. And yeah. People were watering and fertilizing that seed, you know, all along the way because God had, had just like you said, he had predestined. That was, that was your call. And that was the platform that he was giving you um, to, to be able to not just show your grace, but also his grace. How beautiful is that? Wow, wow. Exactly. That's That's amazing. I love, yes, I love sharing that testimony. And it's a true testament that God is alive and active and he's working. Yeah. And, uh, wow. He's good. It reminds me so much of when I was, uh, uh, young growing up, kind of nerdy. I was always into numbers, right? And, I always kind of had this creative side and analytical side. I always saw myself could do both, right? And never really, I was very drawn to the creative, but the analytical said, oh, no, we pay more on the analytical side. <laughs> so, so with that was my justification. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to major in accounting. I get my accounting degree because I always had this thing that if I could understand how any company made money, I could go anywhere and do anything, right? Accounting, accounting is in every company has to have some form of accounting or bookkeeping, right? So that was always my thing. But I always had this vision that I would see that I was going to be in a C-suite job. It was never a question of if I was going to be there. It was when. I always saw myself there. Any vision that I ever had of myself, I was always successful. I was always um, you know, running a meeting. I was always sitting at the table. I was always in the boardroom. I was always in a suit. I was always carrying a brick. Like I, uh, that was so ingrained in me. And no matter the challenges that I endured in my life, I still made that because along the way, you know, God is, he's making sure that there's somebody that comes and waters and fertilizes and they're planning and giving you sunshine and they're planning that word and that word is growing. And some, somewhere you take it, take, when it takes root, it's like you take hold. Taking yeah. root is now you took hold of it. Right. And now you're going, ah, I believe in this thing too. <laughs> I'm starting to believe in this thing too. Wait a minute. Now I can let me, and I would have these moments where I could walk by, you know, an executive office and I could literally in that instant, see me sitting on the other side of that desk. I'm like, yeah, wow. that's, gonna be me. that's gonna be me. And it was just like that. It was, I would just get one promotion right after another, right after another, right after another. Like, it was like every two or three years, I was getting promoted, getting promoted, getting promoted to the next thing. And it was, and you look back and you go, wow, he was planning that. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter how many times I felt like I got off track. It didn't matter how many times I felt like I got sideswiped. It didn't matter how many times I felt like I failed or I was struck. It didn't matter. Still was happening. Still moving upward. I don't even say I move forward anymore. I was moving upward because that's really what that is. It's moving upward, upward to the things of God, upward to his ways and his thoughts. We're moving upward to another dimension to, to be able to move, to be, to be the ambassador that, ambassador that you're called to be you're moving upward not forward 
right? Uh, forward is just, it's a, it's a horizontal movement in your foot. No, I'm moving upward. I am moving upward into the things of God. So I love that. I love your story. I love, um, so what's happening with you guys with everything in the um, COVID and how has that affected you as a dancer? Are you guys able to practice or do anything right now? Yeah, so we are not, the arts in as a whole is shut down, like you said, due to the COVID-19. Uh, it's just very unsafe right now. So we've been working virtually. We've been creating content uh, to be able to give back to the people. Um, Ailey's mission was uh, dance came from the people and should, it should always be delivered back to the people. So we uh, figured out a way where we can still present dance to the people because at the art is healing and at this time i mean we need art did you know yeah. um so we are still working from home and it's kind of hard because for me specifically um i am a person who loves the stage mm -hmm. i like that human contact that transaction that happens between you and the audience like that's what i thrive off of this virtual thing for me has not been it. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, please get me out of here. But there's a time for everything. And in this time, I need to take advantage of this opportunity to really uh, figure out who Kalia the person is and not the dancer and really figure out what it is that he wants me to do in this time. So I've been really trying to, you know, change my perspective. But we are working from home. We don't have a definite date of when we're going to come back. Our season usually happens in December. But I think that has been canceled because, like I said, due to COVID. So we are trying to figure out ways and really work together um, to figure out how we can still create contact um, virtually to give back to the people. Wow. Wow. So it's unfortunate, um, some of the things that we're enduring. But I think the other side of that is just like you said, to um, it's giving us so much time to just seek intimacy with God. And I think that's kind of the way we have to look at it now. That's how we're going to get through it. So it's crazy, but we are up on our hour. <laughs> Can you wow. We are up on our hour. Um, this was so amazing, Kalia. Thank you so much for um, being here with us today. I have one final question for you. So tell me, what is behind your faith? What is behind my faith? I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> God God that's the only God is behind my faith I've seen him um, work in my life and he's calling me higher he has called me higher to be to really like I said be a true follow of him so um, I can then go and make disciples of all nation that is my purpose now so that is behind my faith. Like God has really been working through me and really calling me higher, really uh, calling me to this answer the call to be able to teach these women and to teach people, you know, to really uh, have faith but match it with obedience and really be true worshipers for God and really live according to his word and really live the way he wants us to be, you know? So I love that you said to match faith and obedience. Yeah. That's so good. And that's such a great thing, uh, a great way to say it, because um, I think that a lot of people have faith, but they never think about the relationship between faith and obedience and that they go hand in hand and marrying them up. So that is, I love that you said that. That's good. Yeah. Love, like I said, again, agape, that agape love. Um, I'm in a relationship, I'm in a partnership with God. So in order for me to really love him in his way, I have to be obedient. So, yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being with us. You're so honored to have you um, through this platform. God is just, it's been amazing. All the women that we've had a chance to talk to um, and, They've come from every walk of life, and I just love seeing the love of God come through, and, and you are absolutely an example of that. Just see the excitement. I love seeing the excitement that you have for him. I have been, um, um, I've been walking this journey out um, purposefully, I will say, since I was 16. 
um, and, and giving my life to Christ and trying to figure out what it's about and what does it mean. And I've never been more excited now um, than I am right now to be in the word of God. I just, it's just amazing. It, every year it gets more and more exciting, even though sometimes the, the assignments <laughs> get harder and harder. Yeah. Um, I am definitely excited about where I am in my journey with Christ. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you Thanks so much for being a part of Behind Her Faith podcast. Um, if you're one of our listeners, um, we are so excited to be here. Clea Campbell, Alvin Ailey, American Dance Theater, right? You can go out. Tell everybody where they can find you on the social media platforms. I am on Instagram. I have two underscores before my name, underscore, underscore, K Campbell on Instagram. And my Facebook is Kalia Campbell, K-H-A-L-I-A. Um, Campbell, my last name, C-A-M-P-B-L-L. You can find that on Facebook. I am on both Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. Awesome. And um, so don't forget, go out, watch Behind Her Faith, the series, everyone. We need your support. We want to be able to bring you more stories. We can't do it without you. And you can find us on all the social media platforms at Behind Her Faith. I am Paula Bryan Ellis, and thank you for joining us. Thank you, Kalia. Thank, thank you so much for having me. Bye.